0: usd off bronze and silver medalist um unbelievable i'm working towards your gold so yes all on
1: self-trained horses which i always like to add that because i i put in all that work myself that's
0: incredible
1: girl thank you so i am that is one thing i'm very proud
0: of yeah she should be so let's kind of go back to the beginning though ida you were talking about you know so
2: where did it all start i mean how did your love of horses begin begin yeah so
1: I actually grew up in a non-horsey family.
2: Okay. Um,
1: I'm the only one out wow. of all of the Kappa Ferries that oh do anything gosh. with horses. And really to this day, a lot of my family still think that I race horses. Okay, I don't do anything on the track
0: whatsoever,
1: but I just let them, I let them think that horse um, people. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. It just, it just started. I, every time I saw a horse, I pointed at horses. I wanted to take riding lessons as soon as I could talk. And my family kind of gave in and, you know, we grew, I grew up in rural Pennsylvania. So there wasn't, they didn't know anything about horses, but Mm -hmm. they found a place for me to start riding. And it was a hunt seat facility uh her name was Vanessa I remember I remember it all Aww. and um it just it just happened and now, how I took old were to you then immediately how old I was eight years old when okay. I took my first riding so, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. so little mm-hmm yeah yeah <laughs> okay and then from there you just continued you, well you took your lessons um, or- Yeah. I
1: continued taking lessons financially. My family wasn't able to continue that. So there was a little bit of a gap from 10 to 13, but when I was 13, I I grew up in a very working family. We we worked for what Mm -hmm. we wanted and there was a Grand Prix jumper, show jumper down the street. Mm -hmm. So I started walking my 13 year old self down the street, probably about a quarter mile. And I became a working student. I just showed up at her door and I said, Uh I would Want to work with horses and so they took me in and Uh it was such a phenomenal thing i i stayed with chris and joe until i was 18 i went off to college and they were they were like parents second parents they raised me in the horse world they taught me everything and Mm -hmm. it was so cool because i got to tour the east coast when i was 15 they took me every (laughs) summer to all these shows you know the vermont uh mountain series how much fun so much fun. And at the time I didn't realize everything that I was learning. You don't realize right. everything mm-hmm. you pick up, Right. but I look back on those memories fondly it was very much my formative years. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. They taught me how to work in the horse industry and it, it was just a delightful time. I, I can't say too much bad about it. There was yeah. no bad about it.
0: <laughs> right. And all that work um that they, you know, the, all the work you did there, is just the baseline for everything Mm -hmm. I think for horses you know you didn't just get on and place you on a horse and say this is what you'll do you worked your way through it yes it was it was more of the this is how you
1: maintain um you know hundred thousand dollar show numbers this is how you take care of these athletes in the industry and it was I, and I didn't realize it at the time. I just thought, well, this is how every horse business runs. This is how every farm runs. And little did I know
0: I was getting like the master class. Yes. <laughs> were your aspirations then? You were young, but I mean, were you just thinking, I just want to ride this way? Or, you know, were you like, were, do you feel like you dressage was what you just kind of fell into or was it that you liked it? I fell into
1: dressage. I fell into dressage because everything up until that point I was jumping. It was hunters or it was show jumping. Okay. And I didn't, I didn't really know about dressage. Like I've heard of it. I had heard of it, but I didn't know anything about it. Uh, It wasn't until I went to college that I was able to take dressage classes. Uh, Where I went to school was a little unique. It was uh, Meredith Manor International Equestrian College in West Virginia, and it's a vocational school. Mm -hmm. You, it's almost like a trade school. You go there and you learn how to be a trainer. And so, dressage, show jumping, and western were our three majors that you could choose from. And. Mm At first, I wasn't too sure if I really wanted to – I didn't feel like I was good enough to be a jumping major. So I'm like, I'll work on my seat a little bit. And I went to dressage, (laughs) and it was the best thing. I was immediately hooked. I was Hmm. addicted. Oh, wow. Uh, So it was – when I was in my early 20s that I decided dressage was for me.
2: Okay. So did you start showing then with your school, or had you – did – had you – I guess, showed before that, prior?
1: I had shown in um, local Hunter shows before Okay. Uh, before college, but it wasn't until after I had graduated and actually returned to Meredith Manor as staff that I started competing um, professionally and really competitively in dressage.
2: Okay.
0: Now, I'm going to kind of jump, I may be jumping ahead, but I know oh, that you fine. study kinesiology, and yes. that's big for you with you know anybody writing any anything like that was that were you doing that then when you were in college with that or Uh, where were you because you've got so much behind you i'm sorry i'm just trying to follow what you did so just tell (laughs) my life kind of jumps ahead too so it's fine yeah that's Um, okay
1: i pursued i finished my bachelor's through west virginia university at the time meredith manor had Um, A program where you could take your credits and finish with an equestrian degree at West Virginia University. So I didn't do my bachelor's. I didn't finish my bachelor's until I was already a full time instructor at Meredith Mm -hmm. Manor. So I finished my bachelor's part time online and some some on the ground classes there Mm -hmm. locally. And then it wasn't until after I left Meredith Manor and I had started Gallifrey in Savannah here that I thought, you know, I want more. And I went to, I looked into some local programs and I figured, like you had said, kinesiology is a perfect fit. It's all about using your body and and, and working out and creating programs and things like that. And so it lent very, very easily to my dressage training and my instruction. So I found uh, Georgia Southern here in uh, the Savannah Statesboro area offered that degree in kinesiology, so I finished that as well while wow. working full-time oh, yeah.
0: as a trainer. And you're so young. You're so young. You got <laughs> all of that under your belt. Good for you. You go, girl. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so um, putting that together with what you were doing, do you feel that that helped you kind of catapult forward more? Or do you feel that it was just kind of went together hand in hand, kind of, so to speak? Or? I
1: definitely feel like both. I feel like it helped me solidify all the things that I knew, but I couldn't put actual words to it. You know, all of these feelings and, and these ideas of how to use your body in mm-hmm. the saddle and out of the saddle, mm-hmm. it really helped me get a formal education on how the human body works and how it can work in these extreme situations that we put it into. And then I feel from there, my teaching and my training just escalated because I had all of this information Mm -hmm. and this education under my belt, and I could go to the gym and try these things out Mm -hmm. and, and carry that back to my own clients or at least helped me find another way of saying the same thing Mm -hmm. to somebody else because you never know what's going to click with somebody when you're teaching. And so all these different images and these demonstrations that I was now able to do because I knew how to do it um, in a more formal way, uh, at least for my master's degree.
0: Sure. And we met you basically because of you being a professor at Mm -hmm. your school. And so working and talking to some of your students, which has been wonderful. So how does a typical... typical day look for you like I can't you know you're you're going to the gym <laughs> you're, you've got your farm you know you are busy and so I'm wondering how do you put that all together how does that work for you yeah. you know and yeah well a typical
1: day for me I, I will kind of a uh, sidebar sure um I started at Savannah College of Art and Design in the equestrian studies department right when the shutdown happened right okay. in the right. beginning of March so oh, I okay spring quarter which oh. started in March, right oh, after okay. St. Patrick's Day, was going to be my first quarter. Oh my! And so wow. they're like, "This is not how we normally do things, but yeah. we're going to be going completely virtual this quarter." And I was like, mm-hmm. "Okay, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> just roll with it." Yeah. And um, I think that that really helped me um, because I was able to ease yeah. out of my training, my full-time training and instruction at Gallifrey. And it it just gave me some baby steps to make. So a typical day for me is I get up and I'm at the gym at 5 a.m. and I get back here anytime like 6.30, 7 o'clock. I'm sitting in front of my laptop here, uh, working on lectures or just getting myself prepared for the day. And then I have anywhere from two or three virtual classes that I'll teach for, uh, for SCAD. And then in between there, if I have time, Uh, I'm also very lucky my house is just right next door to the farm. So oh, oh, wow. if I have time, if I have time, I'll just zip on over, yep. ride a few horses, come back, teach a few classes, zip back over, finish what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I have a great team working wow. for me at Gallifrey. I would not be able to do this you if I didn't have, have yeah. the team that I do at Gallifrey. And I thank them every chance I get Aww. because it's just, hey, I've got a, some time to ride one mm-hmm. horse, get Hagrid ready and go. I'll be over and then Aww. they just take care of it for wow. me. Um, and so that, that's been... I've been truly blessed in, in this yeah. situation. Um, and this quarter I'm pretty excited because we are offering our first on the ground class. Oh. So it's a hybrid. So I'm teaching some students on the ground while also teaching students virtually at the same time. And we okay. are transitioning back to all on the ground mm-hmm. next quarter, wow. uh, which wow. is super exciting. Yes. all of this All of this has really just allowed me to slowly yeah, kind of back off work of in of just training. a little
0: yes and know what you're bit getting into yeah it's all been every everything's just really lined up oh, nice. <laughs> so well yes. for me that's so wonderful so at your farm then how many students are training there then while you're doing all of this though how many usually students or horses you know are you working with and and what are they working towards then are they are are they from beginners on up are they you know the advanced on up or you know tell me a little bit about that Great, great question. So when I initially started my farm, Gallifrey Farm, I
1: was taking in everyone, any horse that wanted some training, any any student that wanted to learn how to ride. And then as, you know, business was picking up and I was getting a wait list, I was able to really sort of funnel mm-hmm. into the, my ideal client and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the rider that has their own horse Uh, it has it in training with me and we are looking to show I have competitive clients now. Um, But my assistant, she takes on, you know, any, any beginner that might not have a horse. We still have some lesson horses and things like that. And so Mm -hmm. I've just been able to really sort of whittle it down, so to speak to the the horses that are ready to be showing Mm -hmm. or the the clients and the horses that I really enjoy spending Mm -hmm. my time with. And so those are the clients that I, that I have left right now that I've, I've kept, further right now are Are the ones that, yeah, we're gonna go out and show, or your horse doesn't maybe need me on his back five days a week, maybe three days a week, and then I give them a lesson Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, as my Mm -hmm. schedule allows. Mm -hmm. So I've I've really kept it down or narrowed it down to a very core group of of clients for myself. Whereas my assistant, she got she was able to take on everybody else because as my schedule was closing, hers was opening up. So it, it was really great timing. So we haven't had to kick anybody out or tell anybody no it's just right. okay and we're just shifting
0: it's like a well oiled machine one thing here mm-hmm. one thing here one thing here which yes. is really great so i have a couple questions that aren't quite related right. to everything but i saw oh, I love something those. so interesting <laughs> that you put down that i couldn't believe it when you go to work out at your 5 a.m you are really what you have something that you're doing that is amazing that you say helps you with your dressage, and I, I can't believe it. So, you are you do powerlifting, correct?
1: I'm a power lifter, yes. <laughs> mean, I'm not a professional power wow. lifter. What? I just uh, I had a friend who is an amazing equestrian body worker. She really got into it. She's like, You gotta try this, you gotta try this. And I'm like, "Eh, I like running. I'm a runner. I don't want to lift anything heavy. (laughs) And then I I she took me to the gym one day and I was hooked. I have an addictive personality. If you can't figure that out, like I am (laughs) addicted to dressage and addicted to power. Um, and I've been doing that for about two, almost three years now.
0: My goodness. Wow. Yeah, I love it. What do you feel is your Greatest accomplishment at this point with your powerlifting, if I might ask, just to see what you oh. you feel you've accomplished, like, you know, this or that or whatever. What do you feel is so good now?
1: I feel like my, my biggest... Um... PR or you know personal record is I lifted or I lift I had a deadlift of 300 pounds oh my goodness and for the professional power lifter that's that's nothing yeah but for the average the average bear I mean that was kind of a big deal for me yeah um almost it was more than double my body weight Wow. So it was a, it was a lot. Of, it was a huge accomplishment when I did it. And when I did it a second time, it was even more fun.
0: Now, do you feel with that, with the horses when you're riding, how do you feel that that, you know, either helped you or gave mm-hmm. you, you know, a bigger, like, scope with what you're doing? Do you feel that that kind of helped as well to to move into, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: I definitely feel like any sort of weightlifting in general or strength mm-hmm. training in general is incredibly beneficial to any rider, not just a dressage rider, mm-hmm. but any rider that wants to have a good seat to stay in the tack well and not get in their horse's way. I think mm-hmm. strength training is vital. Mm-hmm. Um, flexibility, flexibility, and, and, cardiovascular endurance Mm -hmm. is great, we need that. That's the the conditioning side of strength Mm -hmm. strength and conditioning. But we also need the strength part because riding is a very active sport Mm -hmm. and we use almost every muscle in our body and I didn't, I always thought, you know, I was a pretty strong person, but mm-hmm. it wasn't until I started lifting that I realized just how weak my core was okay. or just how weak my outer thighs were or my upper back for half halts. Mm-hmm. And then as I was training and, you know, working out all the muscle groups, not just the three main lifts, but all of the muscle groups, I felt like my position got better. I was always plagued with like dropping oh, my shoulders yes. and slouching yeah. and with all of the The um, bench pressing and squatting and like overhead lifting, those muscles were nothing to call upon then in the saddle because I was constantly training them, and I I feel I can't recommend strength training enough. Powerlifting might not be for everybody because it's all
0: about you know brute strength and everything. Mm -hmm. But
1: any kind of any kind of strength training, I cannot recommend it enough.
0: How wonderful! Okay, well then I have another question that's not exactly yes. related, but um, I, when I was looking at, I was looking at some pictures of you with your horses, and they are just gorgeous. <laughs> and then Thank I you. had seen that you had talked about crosses, draft crosses. Now, mm-hmm. can you tell me about that? Is that your kind of choice of horse, or what have you? You know, tell me a little bit about that. I.
1: I love draft crosses. I think draft crosses have so much to uh, give to the equestrian sport Mm -hmm. and they're becoming pretty popular now. I I fell in love with them in, in college because we had a lot of draft crosses at school. They're, you know, you get a good cross, you can do anything. And so my two Mm -hmm. personal horses right now are both draft crosses. Mm -hmm. I have um Sir William, he's an FEI horse. Uh we've gone all the way through I1 working all the grand prix movements. Mm. Um and he is a Clydesdale Thoroughbred cross.
0: My goodness. And then my
1: my <laughs> youngster, Rubius Hygrid is a <laughs> Frisian Belgian draft cross and we were really blessed with a great season at second level this past yeah. past year and I'm just tickled they're oh, sweet. such fun horses. Do you feel like with. you get
0: attitude plus the agility or do you feel, you know, when you have that cross or definitely <laughs> rideability? Mm-hmm. Better attitude for Better sure. Attitude. I mean they've
1: got that calm, they do attitude, uh-huh. very laid <laughs> yes, back. Yes. And I, I like to think that with the dressage training, I can fire them up. I can I can take a horse that a lot of people will think, oh, you know, they're a clunker. They're really oldie-goldie. They're not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. And, and I can fire them up and, and turn them into – I can take my football linebacker and turn them into a ballerina. There yes. you go.
0: That's cute. <laughs> I know this sounds really funny, but sometimes when we I talk about our people in the office, and they know this because I talk about it, but I'll just say that person's a, an Arabian out there. You know I mean? They're just a sprinter boy. They're just going to go, that person – they're the draft horse. They'll go day in, day out, day in, day out. You know, and it's just, you can see it even with the horses. We're, you know, Isn't it funny how we think in horse terms when we're even doing business or things? But, I mean, once you're in horses, you kind of just relate it to that. But it kind of goes across the board. But they are thinkers before they react, yes. the drafts are. But then you couple that with another, like mm-hmm. a thoroughbred or, you know, your, your crosses. And it has to be an amazing combination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. How nice. Yeah, That's really good. They are fun. Uh-huh.
2: So all of your background, all of your experiences, it must help you to connect with your students. Yes. Like on a whole nother right. level because it yeah. gives you the credibility, you know. And so I guess how, I mean, what do you think in your terms? Has it helped you a whole bunch having your background? Do your students prefer that?
1: I like to think so. I have heard from many of the students that they they really appreciate my standpoint, my viewpoints, mm-hmm. you know, my experiences and uh I've also had a few of them tell me that it's obvious that I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that yeah. must be a relief and I think for a lot of our students and I might be getting ahead of the conversation no, but no, you know a lot of the equestrian majors are business minors. Yeah. And I've had my my business, very successful business yes. and um I I like to think that all of my experiences leading up to that are beneficial, beneficial stories to tell them, um, ways for me to connect with them when they're going through the same struggles. I, I really try to be there for them, especially now with, with everything being virtual right now, Mm -hmm. I really try to be there and be supportive for them and let them know that, you're not the only one facing a lot of these issues. You know, yeah, I've been there before. Right, yeah. And I also try to bring in a lot of guest speakers, a lot of other mm-hmm. professionals in the industry, as you know. Yeah. We, talk to, to, <laughs> we love to being invited. To them yes. And and just explain what's going on in the industry right now. Because yeah. I think especially for us horse lovers and the our our industry is very we like to think we don't are aren't people people because we're here for the horses, but mm-hmm a lot of everything, a lot, a lot of the stuff that we do or, you know, how we communicate, it was, we share our experiences. Yes. We empathize with the yeah. next person because, oh yeah, I've ridden a horse like that before. Or, oh mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've trained a horse like that before. Or I taught a student like that before. Mm-hmm. And that I think is one of the biggest ways we communicate with each other is anecdotally in, in this industry. And mm-hmm. I feel you get that. My background does lend to that. And I, yeah. I hope that I give them comfort and I right. hope that I give them um, optimistic viewpoints on on the industry and life outside of college uh,
0: yeah. with my
1: experience.
0: What are your students, you know, looking to do? Is there a specific role? I mean, are they looking at, is it just the broad-based industry of, of horse equine industry? Or do you find that, you know, some are asking more, like you see a little bit more of, Um, one thing than another with your students or is it across the board it's across the board so the beauty of the savannah college of art and design
1: is that it it is an art school and because of that I feel like our students are incredibly creative and that has been the most fun for me is Mm -hmm. just some of the ideas and the the presentations and the projects that they're they're Mm -hmm coming up with, Mm -hmm. but it is, it is across the board. I kind of thought, Oh, I'm going to have a lot of trainers. I'm going to have a lot of prospective teachers and things like that. And while there is many students that come in and that that is their end goal, Mm -hmm. we have so many other options available because the equestrian major makes up about 50 50 to 60 students. Uh, It's a small department, but we also have the minor. We are an equestrian minor, studies minor as well. And so we get fashion designers. Mm -hmm. We have um, film uh, majors. We have Hmm. um, photography majors, fine arts majors that take this as a minor or conversely, the other thing as huh. their minor. And so they go out in the industry and we have incredibly famous equestrian photographers. Yeah. Um, the USEF yeah. is using one of our SCAD graduates for filming of all of their new content.
2: Wow. Um,
1: uh, did I say fashion designers, equestrian yes. fashion designers, yeah. um, social media, um, uh, PR people, marketing, mm-hmm. because we also have marketing and advertising departments yeah. as well. And there, I could go on and on journalists because we have the whole English department. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun to have these students come in to my world, quote unquote. Yeah. And, yes. You know, I want to, I, I love horses, but I don't want to be a trainer. I want to have eco-friendly products. I want to mm-hmm. have develop grooming products or the it's new hot, hot breeches. It's so open. much fun. <laughs> so we have two sides to the program. We have the academic side and the athletic side. So our okay. team It doesn't necessarily have to be, they don't have to be equestrian studies majors, but you do try out for the team. Um, Academically, we offer a bachelor of arts in equestrian studies as well as the equestrian studies minor. So Mm -hmm. as I was saying, you could be a fashion fashion Mm -hmm. marketing major and take equestrian studies as a minor, especially if you Love horses, and you know going in, you want to you want to be an equestrian fashion designer. It's just too perfect. So
2: I'm gonna interrupt yeah. you really quick because I have Thanks. a question. So, yes. are those courses? You know, let's say you take it as a minor. Are you hands on like- with the horses? Like, do you can be? It depends okay. on what classes you take.
1: But yes, you can be hands on, especially. Um, you know, some of our prerequisite for the ride classes to, mm-hmm. you know, we have ride classes, part of the curriculum. Um, we have the basic horse handling and barn care class, where it's a mm. kind of across the board. Yeah. This is how we do mm-hmm. everything yeah. at SCAD. This is, we want to make sure you're, everyone's safe. Everyone mm-hmm. knows how to put mm-hmm. on a halter. So regardless of your background or your riding history, everyone has to start at that same level. Um, even if it's, if it's a major or a minor for you.
0: Mm-hmm. How fun would that mm-hmm. be? Well, Ida <laughs> took fashion. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Ida has just graduated not that long ago in fashion merchandising. Mm-hmm. Now she's working here with us, with the horses. So it's kind of interesting to yeah. talk about this because academically she just went through all kinds <laughs> of things, mm-hmm. you know, and it's kind of fun to see, you know, to be able to talk about those things as well. I'm sure the wheels turn in your head yeah. when she talks about <laughs> those things. Yeah. 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 So, aww. Um, I'm trying to think of um, where where do you feel you've got so much going on in your life? What are you? I know this seems like you've already accomplished so much. But where where, what are you kind of working towards now Mm -hmm. with your horses and yourself at this point?
1: So for myself, um, gold medal has always the goal. Uh, the USDF gold medal, you have to uh, reach Grand Prix, get so many scores at 60% or higher. And mm-hmm. in fact, forgive me, they might've just upped it. I don't remember. Okay. Um, so gold medal's the goal, whether or not that's with my current horse, Rubius Hagrid, or maybe a future horse, I don't know. But that—that that is the big goal in the forefront uh, of my mind. Um, mm-hmm. Just trying to stay in really good shape, keep trying to push dressage is for every horse my my students are probably tired of hearing me say it but (laughs) it's flat work is important hunters flat work is important um so and and then with scad i just want to be i want to get through this first year i want to experience all of the classes and then i just really i am loving this i'm loving being a professor it was something that i didn't realize I was so passionate about until I came back to it. You know, I was teaching at Meredith Manor Mm -hmm. and now I'm teaching again as a professor and I just, I love it so much. I really feel like I have found my purpose. So I'm going to dive headfirst into this and try to just grow and be the best professor that I can be for my students and be the best cheerleader for my SCAD grads that I can.
2: What courses are you currently teaching?
1: So this quarter I'm teaching a lot. Um, I have the equestrian business practices course, which Ram will be talking in later this quarter. I'm so excited! I can't wait. Um, I'm also teaching two theory classes. So since we had to go virtual, we wanted to offer our students something in place of not being able to ride on campus. So. Developed uh, the theory of writing and then the advanced theory of writing. So, I am teaching the theory of writing this quarter, which goes over, you know, the basics of writing from leg to hand, all of these different disciplines, talking about the training scales, things like that, you know, just basic good information Mm -hmm. for anybody that wants to be a professional Mm -hmm. writer or trainer or teacher. Mm -hmm. And then the advanced writing theory goes into more of the harder uh, parts about writing. So, Mm -hmm. this quarter, I'm focusing on. Uh, horse evasions and how Mm. to fix it, you know, horses bucking, horses rearing, Mm -hmm. diving in and out, all of that fun Mm -hmm. stuff. So I've been able to have a lot of fun with this class. Um, I'm also teaching my hybrid class, which is just a few students on the ground and the rest virtually, Mm -hmm. but it is that uh, basic horse horse and barn care class that I was talking about, mm-hmm. horse handling and, and barn care. Uh, that's been a lot of fun because we're in the barns every day Aww, that we're yeah. on campus. So I'll take my little camera with all of my students on Zoom and we go through the barns. I just did a lecture on competition braiding yesterday. And so oh, everybody's wow. in there braiding. It's yes. so much fun. It's oh, so that much is fun. fun,
0: isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and
1: then I also have my seniors. So this is a capstone quarter for yeah. the equestrian Uh, studies majors that are getting ready to graduate. So they are pulling together everything for their thesis, getting ready for their dissertation. We're putting our portfolios together. Mm -hmm. We are getting our resumes and our cover letters. We actually have what we call SCAD, um, mentor. So we have two professionals in the industry coming to do mock interviews with mm. my seniors. So okay.
2: they're
1: getting they're getting real life experience, mm. not just from the administration side of SCAD, you know, we have career and alumni services, but also in their equestrian world, they're getting this experience so that they don't, you know, go to an interview and freeze or they're right. used to these questions or things right. like mm-hmm. that.
0: Right, exactly. So kind of coming full circle, Um, I know it's important to you and you you say that, you know, it's so good for anybody, no matter what discipline they ride, to understand dressage. And then I'd like to ask you that question. And then um, after that, I'd just like to ask you, is there anything you'd like to say to students who are maybe aspiring to do you know something? Um, just a word to students. So first of all, let's talk about though you know the dressage part of of anybody, whether you're Western, yes. whatever you you ride, whatever discipline. So mm-hmm. so in
1: my my riding theory class, I have based it around. Don't be afraid of the word dressage. It doesn't mean a million circles yes. in the sandbox <laughs> mm-hmm. dressage, yes. dressage French for training. So you can try to separate in your mind, the idea of training dressage and competitive dressage, competitive dressage is that dressage that we all think about, you know, yes. the circle, the top right. hat, the coattails, things yes. like that. Mm-hmm. But to me, Regular dressage is just a fancy word for saying good horsemanship. Yes. Everything that I teach, whether it's in the classroom for SCAD or it's at my facility, it's with good horsemanship in mind. Mm -hmm. So there's no reason why I can't take these seat, independent seat principles or, you know, using your aids in a similar way, using lateral work, like leg yields and shoulder right. and to somebody that wants to be a professional Rainer. There's, right. there's no reason why these won't cross over right. the same thing for the hunter riders and the same thing for the show jumpers. I mean, if you look at the Germans, you know, the, uh, the venting, the Michael Young mm-hmm. and in- Ingrid Klimke, Germany's golden mm-hmm. children of a the venting, mm-hmm. they focus every single ride on the flat. They focus yes. on their dressage, the suppleness of their horse, the harmony right. with their horse. Mm-hmm. To me, that is what dressage is. It's yeah. not a test that I have to perform something at every letter. Mm-hmm. It's my training.
0: It is my whole horsemanship. Yes. Yes.
1: And I agree That's with so you good. <laughs> wholeheartedly.
0: I, everybody has something to gain from dressage. I'm right there mm-hmm. with you. I, I I couldn't agree with you more. So is there anything you'd like to say to then to any anyone doesn't matter age wise um looking at you know doing something as a student or going into you know some type of a a business or whatever is there any encouragement or anything you'd like to say to that we haven't discussed or something that you'd like to give some tips on
1: there's there's so much encouragement like i'm bubbling with encouragement Mm -hmm. i i think in the horse industry we are so big we're so vast there's you could literally do anything but we're so accepting. It doesn't matter where you've come from, what you look like. Uh, if you, does it, does it doesn't matter. You can do anything in yes, this industry, very much but so. it takes hard work and it takes dedication. Mm-hmm. Be prepared to get out of your comfort zone, be yeah. prepared to be pushed to have your ethics and your values questioned. be prepared to change your mind. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and I think, anybody can make it in this industry, just arm yourself with education. I am a huge proponent of of education. If Mm -hmm. I wasn't busy with everything else that I'm doing, I would be going for a second master's. In fact, when I was applied to SCAD, I was in another master's degree program. (laughs) Oh, wow. I I feel education is so valuable and Mm -hmm. there's so much outside of the horse world that we can bring into the horse world. So it doesn't have to be an equestrian studies program. It doesn't have to be anything specific, but if it helps you in your riding or in your goals towards riding or anything in the horses, go
0: for it. Nothing should stop you. That's right. You are just a delight. And I just love the fact you're so passionate. It just, just radiates from you, which is as horse people, you know, I would just say, and and no matter what Mm -hmm. you're in, We all, I think, get so excited and passionate about it. And that's our desire here, too, is to be able to have people, you know, see all the different facets of what goes into, you know, with horses. And and, um, you've just covered a multitude of of areas um, for so many people and given so much hope.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Ram Horse Fencing and Stalls, the one-stop shop for your horse farm. Ram is family-owned and operated and has been in business for over 30 years. We welcome you to call in and speak with an expert about your next project today at 866-653-8984. Again, that's 866-653-8984. Do you love horses and live the equestrian lifestyle? Be sure to check out our brand new blog at www.yourhorsefarm.com. We publish three posts per week and feature a free printable equine checklist every month. Yourhorsefarm.com is a great equine online resource, so be sure to share it with all the horse lovers in your life. And remember... Laugh much and ride often. So it was my my first show season as a as a professional in the dressage world. I was an instructor at Meredith Manor, and I was really excited. And it was <laughs> my own horse. I had put in a lot of work with them, and so we get there, and I I was trained. I was taught the horse goes forward no matter what. You know, so for me and and the school that that was the mantra: the mm-hmm. horse the horse goes forward. The mm-hmm. horse goes forward. So if the the horse that I was riding at the time, he's my FEI horse now, okay. Sir William. And he was very lazy, very grumpy, and he didn't really oh. like cantering. Oh, so no. going in canter training, it was not uncommon for William to just go bronking down the long side. Okay. <laughs> and it's nothing for me. And I'm in the warm-up at this show in Ohio in, in Region 2. And so he starts bronking and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. And so you're sending him forward, just, you know, weaving in and out of people like I'm used to doing at home. And I hear my coach go, Sam, Sam, every time I pass. And then finally she's like waving me down and I stop and I go, yes. And there's the the show secretary oh. um, with the technical delegate, like this mortified, white, pale look on their face. <laughs> oh my gosh! My my trainer at the time goes, Sam, you need to leave the warm up ring now. You're being asked to leave. uh Oh, oh. I'm looking around, and I when I look around, everybody had stopped. They had like scattered. All in eyes on you, kind of ring.
0: just yes, like, looking. Everybody
1: like stopped. I think some deer. people even got down. <laughs>
0: got oh off their oh my gosh! And you didn't even know.
1: Oh my good! I had no idea. I was oh, so focused on oh, riding. Oh. So we went to. We were allowed to go to a designated warm up area. Everyone, <laughs> the opposite side of the the, of the- naughty
0: ring. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: The naughty ring. The naughty ring. <laughs> and so I work through my issues like I always have, and we go to the ring. I trot into the square. And I went through the test. I rocked the test. All right. Like, I, I come out, and my trainer goes, Did you notice the ambulance waiting ringside for you? Oh. And I look over, and sure enough, the oh. ambulance was right there. They pulled up next to the ring. The EMS were outside. Oh the secretary goodness. and the TD were standing there waiting. <laughs> they were waiting
0: the for radar. an accident, basically. It came down the
1: square. Oh well, it turns gosh. out I won the class and I won the, the rest of my classes <laughs> yeah. at the show. But it was
0: just one of those, like, oh. what? Does not I everybody do this? <laughs> I bet the people that just were watching were like, with their jaws, like she won the class. You know, she gets on yeah. this horse and he's they just were, going down the line. Everyone was really hoping I was going to get bucked off in the middle oh of my. Oh my t- goodness! <laughs> and you just went out without a hitch. Good yeah, job, that's awesome a girl. Oh, no big, big thing. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> well. If we have any horses that we feel that need, um, we need some help with to ride, we're going to call you then. So thank Sam, you so much, my way. Sam. Thank you so much.
2: Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you.
0: Thank you, you so. so much.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast and encourage you to share with all your equestrian family and friends. You can tune into the Late Night Riders podcast show every Friday night. Each episode will be uploaded exclusively on YouTube, where you can subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with all of our latest shows. Do you have a topic you'd like us to discuss? We want to hear from you. You may email us at podcast at or feel free to leave a comment below. Thank you again for listening.